This podcast is brought to you by our friends at the Nexus Recruitment Group, official Bristol City Football Club short sponsors. There is a company or brand within the group that can assist all recruitment needs across any industry to suit any budget. Head over to nexus-resources.k.uk for more information. Three Peeps in the podcast, the bonus show. After two 3 0 defeats in the Midlands in the last two weeks, City were sent to Coventry. And despite scoring two goals, playing against 10 men for half the game, it's another three goals conceded and another defeat. Our away form was something to hang our hat on earlier in the season, but now that's been taken away from us, City fans are looking for answers. The man with all the answers is with me. Matt, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. I think I had more answers yesterday than Curtis Fleming did um, from the top, like, sidelines. But yeah, um, the word I, I'd use this morning, Patch, is disillusioned. Um, I just don't know. I don't know what we are as a club. Um, I think we, we lack leadership on the pitch. We lack leadership from the sidelines. And we're lacking leadership in the boardroom. Um, and I'm really, really concerned. This, for me, is a club only going one way at the moment. Um, to lose a game like we did yesterday, you know, and we, we were there to witness it, was just shambolic. There's there's no excuse for that second-half performance. Um, Lee's three words, which has become a regular segment on this, so thank you to Lee Williams for those, uh, can't do basics. Uh, Colin's with us. Colin Sutton. Sutts, what's your... Uh, your thoughts on what Matt said there? I agree with Matt totally, but I'd probably use the, the words fearful and confused mm. as well as to what's going on. Um, yeah, <laughs> Matt said it all really. That second half is just just something to, um, well, you can't quite believe what happened, what you're watching. Um, playing against 10 men, well, they looked the opposite. It looked like we had the 10 men. But do, or, or do you know... And- there's a there's a really good article by James Pearson in, in the Bristol Post um, that I've read this morning, and he's referencing you know kind of what's gone wrong and stuff. But j- just purely on that second half, um, so obviously we lose that half three one to ten men. That forty five minutes, Coventry with a man down had fifty four point three percent possession, had nine shots to our five, and outpassed us two hundred and thirty to two hundred and one, and had four corners to our one. How does that happen? Now, you've all played the game. You get down to 10 men. The basic thing is you stretch the pitch. You go side to side, find the space. We didn't do it. And and I don't get it. And that that is coaching. Players should know that as well, but that is coaching. Sometimes they just need a reminder, and that's what but they're there for. Patch Curtis Fleming came out in his post-match and said at halftime, we mm. said to the guys to shut up shop. Now, I know your, your absolute point about going back to bait or Lee's point about um, can't do the basics. Yes, the basics are you defend and you're solid, but you don't against 10 men having just gone one nil up say shut up shot. I just don't, I don't get that logic. Mark Robbins, progressive manager, they knew how to play. Every player knew what they were doing. They were comfortable on the ball and they kept going for it and deservedly ran out winners. And <laughs> it's incredible to say that. Well, you talk, okay. talk about doing the basics as well. And... I mean, I've seen reports and read things, no desire, no passion, no commitment. And Curtis Fleming came out after and called him out publicly yeah. on yeah. that. And that doesn't happen too often, but you could see it. And I've watched back the highlights, as I'm sure you have now. I've watched yeah. it a few times, particularly the last two goals. 
And if if I saw my lads' teams doing what they did for those goals, you wouldn't be happy. No, absolutely. Alone at that standard against yeah. ten men, it, yeah. it, it's embarrassing. Absolutely. Okay, let's have a look um, at the starting lineup. But first, just a quick plug for the for the bonus show Snoods, which I've got one on at the moment, and Suts and Matt have as well. Um, they are available once again for £10, £5 to cover costs, £5 to go towards the BCFC prostate um, F prostate cancer effort. Um, there's 18 Bristol City staff running 5K a day, which um, I think they're starting to struggle with, but they'll keep going, I'm sure. <laughs> well, we saw Matt Parsons, didn't we, at Birmingham on Tuesday, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> Matt looked like a man struggling, but fair play to uh, them. Absolutely yeah. fair play to them. Right, the starting lineup, Matt, four changes. Atkinson, De Silva, James and Wells out. Pring, Masengo, Scott and O'Dowda in. Atkinson, we could see that he's been struggling a, a bit for the last couple of games, Matt, and that was no massive surprise. Uh, James as well, we we know that he came off injured. The silver, you know, he sometimes does just swap out with Pring, um, but Wells dropping out as well. Yeah, the Atkinson one I thought was interesting because, and, and I, I haven't seen any commentary on it before the game to know whether that was injury-related Resting him or, or or just purely down to form. Um, the the silver when you write him in campering, I think it's it's dependent on um, what side of the coin comes down on. Um, the Naki Wells one, I I thought Naki's attitude wasn't great on Tuesday at Birmingham, but he wasn't alone in that. Um, and again, surprised you know we keep referencing it, but surprised that Chris Martin started. You know, we'll talk about the game, and actually, I'm not going to say that was a, a, a bad decision as it turned out. But I felt, especially, and I'd said it before the game, I met some Coventry fans. I met, I met mine, Rich Turner, um, and his nephew and niece, Jack and Olivia. Um, and I have to say, we went into a little place called Dylan's Brewery, which was absolutely fantastic. They had a DJ in there, um, like an open plan thing, and it was brilliant. Um, great atmosphere. Um, but I said before the game, they've got Carl McFadzian at the back, who we we tried to sign. I thought it was under Sean O'Driscoll many years ago. Um, he is absolute rubbish on the deck. And I genuinely thought if we got the ball down and had runners, so therefore Vyman, Wells, we would have a, a much better chance. And we didn't go that way. So that was the surprise for me. But when you hear Nigel Pearson talking up Chris Martin after the Birmingham game, you knew that he was going to start. Um, and it's that comfort factor that we've talked about, isn't it? So... Mm. Yeah, and I don't want to keep digging Chris Martin out at all. And he, as I said, he he actually did okay yesterday. That's it. It was an improved performance. Yeah. It, a bit like Wackinson. You know, he had two yeah. two bad games and then expect him to be dropped as yeah. a good game. So and, and I think it is it's horses for courses at the minute. We haven't we haven't got lots of options other than some of the youngsters. But even then we'll talk about as the game developed, that there was it was crying out for a Sam Bell to come on and stretch him. Um and we didn't. Um so yeah, the, the Atkinson one was the surprise for me in terms of, I don't know, as I say, why that was. We we knew James was always going to struggle, but yeah, there wasn't a lot of choice, I didn't think. Yeah, such. We seem to line up 4-2-3-1. Um, is that how you saw it? Yeah, it, it looked that way. Um, Martin did look a little bit isolated the way we started playing because we were just lumping the ball up um, in the air um, quite a lot. Um, he was caught offside quite a few times as well yesterday. Uh, which was frustrating. But yeah, that's, that's certainly the way it, it appeared that to start with. Yeah. Okay, cool. Let's come into the minutes then. Uh, first minute, literally the first minute, was a shot from Hamer from distance. Uh, and it was a, a good save from Bentley. Um, 
Matt, we've seen Bentley make some great saves in the past. In the past few games, to be fair, we haven't seen many worldies, but we saw a couple in this game, and that was uh, tested really in the first minute. Yeah, it was. I mean, I, th- I think it was a good save because he would have been cold. Um, had that gone in, I would have been blaming him. I think it's a save he should make. Um, so it was a good save, but I don't, I don't think it was a, a save I wouldn't have expected him to make. What, what was shocking is that within the first minute, they're allowed that much space to get a shot away like that. Yeah, and Suts, I mean, how we've been crying out for people to take shots from that sort of distance, and that's the first minute, and that's just showing City what what you can do. Have a shot, you might score. Well, uh, we saw that Birmingham in midweek as well, didn't we? Exactly. And what happens with a shot from distance takes the deflection. Um, yeah, it's again, it goes back to what we've been saying around confidence with them. Um, I mean, there are a couple, couple of times as we go through the game, they just seem to overplay it, ball stuck in their feet, just holding on to it too long when we've got in those opportunities. And, and the amount of times you hear the fans to shout out to shoot yeah. yesterday, and then he take an extra touch. Yeah, exactly. Uh, fifth minute, O'Dowda put through, gets battered by the keeper, who is at sixes and sevens with his defender. And you've certainly seen them given, and that was right on the line. Uh, so it could have been easily a penalty or a free kick. But it, it's neither, and it was quite incredible. Such that one, you know, right. he got the got the ball, but he also took the man in quite a vigorous fashion. Really, I mean, I was in the second row at the front in the first half, so we had a brilliant view of it. It was right in front of us, only sort of 20, 30 yards away. He's absolutely nailed him, Dowder. Absolutely nailed him, and yeah, I, I just can't believe, as did everyone around me, and that was not given a penalty. And the linesman didn't see it. Um, and yeah, bear in mind some of the decisions that then went on after that. Yeah, just that. Well, I think I I probably put a tweet out somewhere around the effect around his um, ability with that decision. <laughs> but it was great, I, I, Matt, to see O'Dowda getting forward. So it's quite early on, and the the three one seemed to be working quite well in the early stages. Yeah, I I actually thought it was a four four one one that that we started okay. off with. Um, but Callum. Um, Again, we've said on here, he's Marmite for, for a lot of fans and, and I've made it very clear how much I rate him. I know Sutz is, is the same and I know you are. Um, I thought he his, his out-to-in runs yesterday caused them real problems and he was our most likely threat because he was running with a purpose and with the right direction, whereas I feel with Andy Vyman at times, it's a little bit more headless is unfair, but not as a... a you know, with a direct run. Um, first time of looking, I absolutely thought it was a penalty. Um, when I've watched it back, I think he gets the ball. But in the modern game, it's not necessarily about getting the ball. It's your follow through as well. well and it's I think it's in, assault, isn't it? Yeah. I, well, I, I, I think in the Prem, that gets reviewed by VAR. And I think it is definitely, I mean, from, from again, looking at it on the TV, I think Callum's just on the edge of the area. And I think it's a penalty. Um, but I understood, I could see why the ref didn't give it because of the fact he got the ball. But as I say, that's where there's that disparity between our league and the Prem that it's your follow through that is also now considered, you know, it's not a, a clean challenge just because you win the ball. So yeah. And, and I thought he was really, really poor, the referee yesterday. Okay. For both sides, for both sides. Yeah. Cool. Um, into the 11th minute, Masengo looked to put Martin away. It was a good through ball, but far too much pace on the pass. And I've just put here that the three are starting to press well and seem to be interchanging a bit as well. Uh, in Vyman, O'Dowda and Alex Scott. And in the 14th minute, Alex Scott's a really lucky boy. It's a nasty tackle. We've definitely turned up the aggression dial, which is something that we've been calling for. But you've got to do it with some control sets. 
Yeah, totally. Yeah, I I thought he was lucky to be honest with that one. You've seen you've seen them like the red card for those cyber challenges, but like we said, the referee was not the best for either side, so we probably got away with one there. But you say about the aggression, yeah, we did in certain aspects, but in another, we we were very lightweight. I thought. Yeah. Um, the amount of times that we, we were uh, shouldered off the ball, bodged off a ball in 50-50s, um, yeah, you just you just can't have that, really. Mm, yeah. Now, it's, it's one of those ones that I heard the interview with Dan Bentley in the week and a couple of other comments, and they said about being being tougher in the tackle and yeah, being a bit more aggressive, basically. Um, and I actually did try and put a bet on free match for a red card, but obviously... <laughs> That was for the other team. I didn't mean, I didn't mean for them. I meant for us. But um, yeah, it almost came quite quite early on. Um, 19- but, but just on that, Pat, yeah, sorry, on, you're talking about the the youngest lad starting in that game is the one who's putting his foot in. And and yes, it was a, a nasty challenge and it was late. But where where are his colleagues? Not I don't mean doing that, but showing that same level of commitment and and trying to get the ball back. Um, so. Kudos to Alex Scott for doing that, albeit that he, yeah, he was a lucky boy, really. Yeah, cool. 19th minute, a save from Bentley. Corner came in. Masengo wasn't touched tight to his man at the back post. Uh, and there's a good header towards goal, but Bentley's equal to it. And, and Matt, another save from from Dan Bentley. Yeah, um, as you say, you know, we, we, we didn't get touched tight. Um, it was all too easy. And, and there was a, a guy stood next to us, wasn't there, in the... Um, on, on the steps I mean quite a few I think it's always a danger when you don't sit in your seats is that people then if they can't get to where they want to get to will just stand and, on the stairwell but there's a guy next to us who kept just saying too easy we're too easy to play against it's too easy and that was that was what it was again um, and yeah good good save from Bents to be fair We've spoken about Alex Scott already a couple of times in, in the podcast so far, but it was really good strength and defending from Alex to get goal side and shepherd the ball to Bentley. Um, and then literally seconds later, he's at the other end of the pitch, making an impact and, and making things happen. Such. So quite an impact that Alex Scott had coming into the team. And we're only 22 minutes in. Yeah, no, he he was he was the one... I mean, Masengo, we know what he's going to give you with his energy and getting stuck in, but he was the one that kind of stood out, as, as well as, I'll have to say, with a doubter. Yeah. I, I thought he had a, he had a great game. Um, he was he was prepared. So, yeah, I mean, both, both I think, yeah, that front kind of attacking three, if you like, yeah, they they, they did have a go and, yeah. and, and sort of played some decent stuff. Matt, it's been a stop-start season for Alex Scott, hasn't it? He started started the season. He made that big impact in the Aston Villa game preseason, yep. um, playing out effectively on right midfield. Um, and he's drifted out of the team, but he's coming back into the team. And we'll come on to him getting taken off a bit later. But uh, he certainly took his chance. Yeah, and and the difference for me is, and this is this is something I'm I'm not um, I don't like about Nigel Pearson's managerial techniques is Alex Scott might have a little dip and gets taken out there are other players Vyman Martin that don't aren't performing and they don't get taken out and and I think Alex Scott needs to be given a run he needs to be able to play at this level and find his strength playing against championship defenders um so I would give him a, a run in the team and yes you expect with a youngster he's going to have moments where he dips but I would stick with him because I think he's got undoubted quality. He was one player yesterday that his movement and the way that he his body shape, um, ironically, in the second half, I think if, if Alex Scott stays on, 
for longer, I don't necessarily think that you know we we lose that game. Um, well, that's you know, what we strange, that was a strange substitution in itself, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I, I got it, and I think it goes back to what we were saying about the ref. I I, I kind of got it because you know I, I think at that stage we were two one. I can't remember. And I, Patch will will correct me now, um, but I understood why we did it. I didn't understand why we did it taking Scott off and bringing the Silva on when you've got Benarus and Palmer. It was one one patch, was it? Thank you. When you've got Benarus and Palmer, both of whom are you would say are more more alike to, to the Alex Scott style of playing. Um but yeah I thought I thought it was a good performance from from Scott. Mm. Off the ball especially. I thought he, he made some really good movement and good runs. Into the thirty third minute, Backinson wins the ball well in defence this time, then engineers a long range shot, but it's at the keeper. Um and you know we've said this before, he, we know what he can do from distance. And we said at the start of the game that uh, Coventry starting to pop him in from distance. So Backinson's had a go, which is always good to see. Uh 36th minute, City finding some width. Callum starts to get a couple of crosses in, Sats. And, uh, you know, we've we've always said we like wingers. It's the first time this season that we've seen Callum Medowda getting down the wing and getting a couple of crosses in and not not met by anybody, but you've got to get him in the box. Well, it's amazing what happens when you play a player in his favourite position. His favourite <laughs> position that he's good at, isn't it? And, and he did. And you were there. I was saying it. Go on, have a go. Have a go. Run at him. And he did. He, he he got he went at them, and he got some lovely crosses in. But like you said, yeah. like, no one in there, anywhere near it, attacking it. And at the end of the day, that's what you expect your winger to do. Yeah. And if no one's in there, go. It's it's movement, uh, isn't it? But yeah, I mean, you, well, yeah. You, you you look at the movement of their front thinking forward players compared to ours. Um, I just felt that we were. There was no pattern to it. There was no one making the right kind of moves other than O'Dowda for me. Um, I thought the, the the front two, if you like, in terms of Martin and Vyman when, when Vyman went out there, weren't making the moves to for, for O'Dowda to find those balls in. Um, and yeah, it was it, it was kind of a, a bit of <laughs> a utility doing all kinds of things. He's crossing it and you almost wanted him to be the one running in because he was the one that was cutting in, like I said, and, and making the, the intelligent moves for me. Yeah. 42nd minute, no Matty James today. So um, Alex Scott takes takes the free kicks and he was putting them in really well with whip, power, yeah. accuracy. Um, on the 42nd minute, he found Callas at the back post. It actually bounces in the box. So the ball's bounced in the six-yard box and there's no City man near it, but it does uh, bounce up to Callas, but it's just a little bit too high. Um, but a great free kick into the danger zone, Suts, and it's something that... <laughs> delivery, you know, you've got to get some on the end of it, but that's half the battle. Yeah, I mean, at times, like we said, some of the delivery yesterday and w- was was much better than we'd seen before. Um when they just when they when they got that in there, yeah, the free kicks looked decent and I say some of the crosses, but yeah, we just we, we just didn't we, there was there's no confidence from me that we were going to get anyone on the end of it. Yeah. Um we didn't look like getting anywhere near it at times. And like I think you've said about their their seven halves. I mean particularly in the first half watching it um they were they were they were poor, they were poor, um, but they, we were just lumping up a lot of the time to them to deal with in the air. Anything on the ground, the distribution was terrible, yeah. and then they panicked. But um, well, that that McFadden, like I said, he, every time the ball came to his feet, he kicked it into touch, you know, and and maybe that's he's in there because he's a defender and it's for his set pieces and stuff like that. But I just could not understand how we didn't really target that. <laughs> well, when we pressed them, like you said, we were doing the press and they were they were taking turns but when we did that effectively it really put them under pressure yeah, 
Yeah. But then other time, then we'd sit back again and let yeah. them play. It was yeah. it was just strange, really. Yeah. Shortly after that, there was a another cross in from the left from Callum O'Dowda, which was met by Alex Scott, but he just couldn't quite angle his yeah. shot. But yeah, again, Scott getting on the end of that. Um, 44th minute, Backinson to Martin, lovely little ball. And it's a great through ball from, from Chris Martin. And Callum O'Dowda's pulled back. It's a penalty. It's a red card. Lady Luck is changed. It's on our side. It's a good finish from Chris Martin. Well-executed penalty. And it's 1-0, Matt. Yeah, good, good move all round. Um, definite penalty, definite red card. Um, and I, I always look f- at free kicks, penalties, those sort of things, at the, the the player who's committed it. He immediately had his head in his hands. He knew what he did. He knew what was coming. Um, and, and a few fans I've seen have said, oh, it's slightly harsh. Callum's through. Um, mm. So it's de- a definite goal-scoring opportunity. Um, and it was, a, I mean, I, as you know, um, I never watched City Pens. <laughs> yeah. um, so I'm, I'm looking at the man behind me, his face as it goes in, and, and then I'll watch it back. But it was a good pen. I mean, it, the, the the net actually lifts up, doesn't he, where he hits it with sort of plenty of pace. Um, and you, you look at that and you're thinking, bloody hell, we're 1-0 up, right on the stroke of half-time, they're down to 10 men. This this could be it, boys, you know. And I'd, I'd said to, to Rich, my cov mate, before the game, I expect us to get a bit of a hammer in because I knew the way Coventry played and I knew that our confidence was so low. And I'm thinking, oh, my record here, having not seen us lose it, it um, the, the Coventry arena is uh, is going to remain intact. What a fool. Coventry not, not Building Society Arena. Yeah, well, it's been different names, hasn't it? Rico <laughs> Arena, so that's why I said yeah. the Coventry Rico sounds, Rico sounds better. Yeah. Uh, but such, so, I mean, Matt said that... Yeah. Not only going one nil up and down to ten men, it changed the whole atmosphere because their fans were really vocal in the first half. Yeah. Even though we we had a brilliant following yesterday, yeah, um, I think it, it came through even in in the down underneath um, in the concourse before the games, yeah. like, trying to get the fans up. It, it was yeah. it was not atmosphere. I don't know if you agree. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, um, yeah. but then it changed really with yeah. that, and and we we were like the fans were up, everyone like it was a whole change, and we had it all to go for in the second half. Mm. It's it's a good point to make actually um such the fans were unbelievable yesterday well three thousand of them for a to start take, to take three thousand i didn't see what the, the crowd was in the end i don't know if any of you boys saw what it was no. um quite surprisingly and I, and I and i really like the the coventry building society arena um i think it's a really <laughs> i mean it's a really lovely stadium but i was really surprised at how sparse their fans mm. were in the far end behind the goal they seemed to congregate much more in the corner by us didn't they um, so maybe there was the bit of the, the, the battle of the, the noise, but I thought the, the Bristol City fans were superb yesterday. Um, That's what makes it all the more depressing. Yeah, yeah, it that, does. It, that level of support. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, because they deserve far better than that. So a couple of minutes later, not even um, two minutes, about 90 seconds, it was great pressing from Vyman in the box, you know, going after it, going after yep. the second goal, which is great to see. Uh, he wins the ball, squares it to Martin, but the keeper comes out and does a Peter Schmeichel spread yourself save. And uh, yep. what a different story that could have been going in two and a half time sets, but it was a good, very, very good save. Yeah, no, he, he did well, to be fair. Um, he, he was a keeper. Well, he showed he, he's prepared to come out, wasn't he? When, when he yep. that challenge on O'Dowda early on. Um, so, yeah, he looked confident in that. But yeah, like you said, that, that game changer... Yeah. Um, 10 men and uh, yeah 2-0 would have been so different wouldn't it we almost needed <laughs> we almost needed 5-10 more minutes in that first half probably because they were rattled weren't they they were clearly rattled um, but they had a chance to reorganise after the man going off etc yeah 
he's um he's a keeper we had on loan um a few years back, Simon Moore. Um mm. and yeah, mate, I'm trying to think where we signed him from on loan. It was a I'm sure it was like a Prem club. Um I want to say Sheffield United, but I think he signed for Sheffield United afterwards. But yeah, he was um he made a good save in the first half, although we'll talk about his second half performance. But you're right, I think 2-0, they're rattled. Another few minutes might have been the difference. Definitely, because Robbins then had the chance to get them in. Yeah. Have a word and say, look, at the end of the day, you, 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 you've got them stretched and you're, yeah. you're playing better than them, really. We, yeah. we, we were playing better than us. Um, and, and to have a go. Whereas, as you said, Curtis Fleming's message was... Shut up shop. Shut up shop. Yeah. The, yeah. And, and you've got to say, we from a commitment point of view, we were better than we were on Tuesday. But in truth, I don't know how you wouldn't have been better than we were on Tuesday. So oh, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not going to go overboard on that. Yes, there was more commitment. Um, there was a bit more effort, but but that was because Tuesday was so bad. And it goes back to what we've said about the season. The, the bar was so low last year that let's not make any bones about it. It's still not great that we're watching. We didn't really force him into many saves in the first half, did we? And so they had more possession. A couple of facts about Simon Moore whilst we're on the subject. Uh, so go. he was on loan from Cardiff. Cardiff, that's it. Yeah. yeah. And he played 11 games for City yeah. in 2014. Yeah. His national team is the Isle of Wight. Now, I didn't it, even know yeah. they had a national team, no, to be fair. I didn't. Yeah. But uh, fair play to him. Right. We, okay. we might get in that side, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. Halftime summary. Uh, more competitive today. Having width in attack, in attack makes a big difference. And despite Martin looking tired and effective of late, is fully deserving of his goal. Let's hope we stay on the front foot. Attack is the best form of defence, particularly with our vulnerability at the back of late. Decent half. Players look comfortable in shape. Pring stopping, pressuring crosses, which is nice to see. Callum gives us some more width. We'll try and get some more of our play down that side. Presume Kov will change their shape now as they go into half time as well. So, um, yeah, as they were playing 3-5-2, they'd have to change their shape. And that's what I was saying. We could have just done with uh, five, ten more minutes in that first half. Um, let's go on to the second half then. 50th minute. No, no, let's not. Okay. <laughs> let's stop it there. Yeah, thank you for yeah. listening, everybody. everybody. Yeah, thank you, everyone. <laughs> oh, one nil. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately not. 50th minute, 1-1, another penalty. Bentley does get a touch on the penalty, but Godden scores. Viner pleads innocence, but ultimately gives the ref no choice. Matt, how did you see that one? Dreadful defending. Um, I, I'm, I I like Zach Viner. Um, he made a ricket the other night. Um, and and it's, he's not been in and around the first team. Um, there's a different level between, obviously, training and playing under-23s. And I don't think he's played many of them. Um, but he made a ricket the other night. Yesterday was dreadful defending. He got caught out of position with the, the three ball, um, then wrong side, then didn't chase him back and then tried to go out like some kind of rucksack. Um, and and the, the guy felt his touch. Went, I mean, he's a, he's a big bloke. Um, yes, he went down far too easily, but Zach challenged him and it's a pen all day long. It doesn't matter what anyone says about the forward. Zach, and Zach is completely at fault for that. It was a really, really poor challenge. Um, and I... I Feel sorry for him. That's probably a silly thing to say because he just shouldn't be making that challenge. Um, but he'd had, he'd had an okay performance again and then makes a ricket like that. And it's very, very akin to the sort of Taylor Moore scenarios that, that comes in, does well for large parts of the game, 
but crucial moments makes an absolute ricket that costs us and and that just gave Coventry then the the impetus and and to be fair you know they were driving forward but gave them the impetus then in Bent's makes a, a, a decent effort um you know I've seen a few tweets about his chocolate hands and stuff but I, you know he's, he's gone the right way it's just a little bit unlucky that it's kind of just below him in there. But yeah, it was just just dreadful defending. Dreadful yeah, I didn't defending. I didn't quite see Bentley get get his water bottle out to see where the penalty was going to go or anything. But he he does get a hand on it, and it's just yeah. not a strong enough hand, unfortunately. But uh, Coventry back in the game, and we know uh, we know what comes next. But sixty second minute, um, Vyman getting down the left gets taken out with a really cynical challenge. Um, now it was a booking, but yep. again, it's something that uh, that was really cynical and could equally have been a red as well. So, certainly, no. it's fortunate. I, I, no, not not a red, just because it's just not in the modern game. I think it should be. I think where it's a deliberate, I'm stopping you. I mean, the the, the other night, um, I mean, Tyreek never got close enough to the bloke running, did he? But he tried to take him out. I think that challenge, where you know you're just taking the man should be outlawed because it's a deliberate mm. it's a deliberate foul isn't it at the end of the day and it's like a prof- think, it's a professional exactly foul. <laughs> it's a professional foul exactly that but like i said that mcfancy that's what he is that's what he is and that it, it was strange because it was one of only the few moments where we did run at him and expose him and that's what he had to resort to yeah. it was a scott set piece again right footed and it just if it was on target it was one of those ones that might have sort of crept in Slept at the far in, yeah. post but unfortunately, it wasn't. Now, this is the bit that changed the game for me. Alex Scott comes off, and we said he's been booked. He's yeah. at risk. The referees be, will be looking to even things up in terms of... And, and you have to say, sorry, Patch, you have to say as well that Alex Scott stopped putting in a number of challenges. There were a few times where he didn't go and commit. Mm. So I think even in his own mind, he's thinking, shit, I'm on a book in here. I need to, you know... Yeah. But he was being uh, one of our most dangerous players. Yeah. Great yeah. from set pieces. Um, but the the thing with De Silva coming on, uh, De Silva's not as much of an attacking threat as Alex Scott. We've got Benarus and Palmer on the bench and Naki and Wells to yeah. potentially come on there, uh, play against 10 men. So it was a really strange move. So, so I'll get your thoughts on, um, on that substitution. Well, I mean, where I was, what second half watching it at the back right in front of the scoreboard but I was crying out for a sub yeah we needed to make a change because they were controlling it with 10 men and we needed to stretch it and when that change came I was flabbergasted really yeah. um to the th- not for the fact like you said Scott going off because there's lots of reason why he did potentially but bringing on to Silva just well baffled me we had to go for someone to, to, to like a Palmer or Naki Wells to get at them yeah. where they, they can do so Casey Palmer we know the skill he's got get the ball down, pick a pass out, or Naki Wells running at them. Just, just bizarre. And Matt, Curtis Fleming ad- admitted in a post-match interview at halftime, he was looking to shut up shop. So bringing yeah. on De Silva, but it's 1-1 at that point. I didn't I didn't get the move. I didn't get the move at all. Um, I think Jay's been poor this season, really poor, if I'm honest with you. For a player of his ability, um, I think he's been poor. But for, for me... It was Palmer or Benarus all day long. Very similar style of player to Alex Scott. Um, and, and the thing to say is that, that Kov were well on top as they were for the entire second half, really. But we didn't do the basics like we talked about. We didn't stretch the play. Tyreek Backinson 
I must have counted, and I know I was getting on your nerves with it, but I must have counted 10 times where he is crying out for the ball, stood in the middle of the pitch, whether that was from Bentley or whether that was from his, his wide players playing it into him, and he was bypassed. And it was just... It, it was it was brainless, absolutely brainless, because you're not using your spare man. We'd still go back to Bentley for Bentley to go long. And it's like, well, they're, they're not going to commit the players forward like that. So we must have had a spare man being able to drop in. And, and as I say, Tyreek was. So I thought it was a really, really poor substitution. Now, I don't know how ill Nigel Pearson was to, to if, he, if he was able to even you know, be, be in contact with Curtis Fleming during the game. So I don't know if it was a decision made by him or by Fleming, but it was a poor decision, I thought. Yeah, okay. Um, 62nd, 67th minute, uh, you know, I, we've said that Scott off De Silva on wasn't the right move. However, we do score. Uh, Vyman sets Backinson for a shot from 20 yards, which is good. Forces a save with a nice bend on the shot. The rebound finds Martin, who shows presence of mind to square it to Vyman, and he slots it in. So it's 2-1 City, and you think, okay, here we go. 2-1 up against 10 men. Let's see this game out. But uh, just focusing on that goal for a minute, Matt. It was Backinson shooting from distance, which we've been asking for, yep. and calm, cool strikers in the box. Yeah, um, it, it took a deflection, which I think is what, what foxed the keeper a little bit, but it was still a poor save to push it out like he did. But Martin showed great presence to to, to play it back to Vyman, and there was a moment where I'm thinking, oh, is he offside here? But when you, you look at it back, he's obviously played it backwards, and so he's, he's never offside. But yeah, good, good finishing. Is it that point? you say, shut up, shot, manage the game because you're then 2-1 and you know that they're going to still go for it because they were. And I, and I really, really admire the way that Mark Robbins set his team up and they they were committed to still play the same way. But that's when you then shut up, shot, and, and we didn't. <laughs> well, interestingly, I wouldn't shut up, shot then myself. I would be going for another one because we know what what can happen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, no, um, yeah fair, fair point. But Yeah, yeah but uh, I get you. I get your point. Okay, into the 73rd minute, City inviting pressure on. Jada Silva gives away a corner. It's headed away by Callas, but the shot comes back in through bodies, and it's 2-2. Tanner, not quite close enough for me um, to the player who scored, but it's 2-2, and we've conceded again, Matt. You say not close enough, Patch. He's just not switched onto it. I mean, it's not, it's not, a, great, it's not a great corner to concede in the first instance, because, again, it's that little ball through. Um, it's not a great header from Thomas Callas out. It's to the edge of the box centrally, which, you know, that's that's something you're taught not to do defensively. But George Tanner is just completely oblivious to what's happening, um, as is Jada Silva, to be fair. Um, but I'm amazed, absolutely amazed, that he's able to get a shot away from there with practically all of our team in that finds the bottom corner of the net. Um, yeah, just, just a really, really poor goal to concede. Got to take on the goal, Sets. <clears throat> well, as I'm saying to Matt as well, um, I've watched those both last few goals back so many times on replays and I still can't believe it. I mean, Tanner literally just stands and ball watches. Yeah. Stands there and doesn't move until it's too late. And Jada Silva was too far away, but but could have made that movement towards the player. Um, but then what followed, and I didn't clock it at the time of the match, but um I don't know whether it's Martin or Wyman. I can't really tell, but he's almost held back by commentary player from steaming towards Tanner, and he's having a right go. Yeah. Really? Right. Yeah, and it is a commentary player that that holds him back because I think he's he's going for him. Yeah. 
And to be fair, we've talked about leaders and digging people out at times, but again, you've also got to know who you're digging out. It's a young lad. And and probably it shows where George Tanner's come from, that in the, the bottom division, players aren't of the quality, I think it was O'Hare, um, to, to make that movement and to hit the ball like he does. And so maybe you're able to sort of switch off that little bit, but you can't do it in this league. And, and how a player is unmarked centrally on the edge of our box at a corner is just ridiculous. <laughs> goes back to Lee's point about can't do the basics. That's basic. Do, do you think, though, that Tanner's become an easy target to be called out after? Yeah, definitely. Period? Yeah, definitely. If Pearson's like dropped him from, say, subbed him for make, making mistakes in the game, then... Yeah. There he is again, senior players having a right go. Yeah. Made it easy for them. Okay. Uh, into the 76 minutes, poor control from Jada Silva in the box. Um, Backinson opts to chip a pass. So as the ball comes in um, and Jada Silva has a chance to bring the ball down and it just bounces off of him. Um, so, but the but the deflection, you know, the, the following bit does go to Backinson. He opts to chip a pass rather than have a shot. Now, he's already had a couple of shots in the game, so I was really surprised that he went for that little chip pass and it, it does only finds a Coventry defender, Matt. Yeah, I agree with all of that. I think when, you, when you've struck it like he did, um, why not do the same again? I, I guess Ty likes... He, he's a, a ball-playing midfielder, isn't he? So it's, he sometimes goes... And again, it will come with, with um, experience, but he sometimes goes a little bit too cute rather than doing... Uh, the, the basic thing again, which would have been a shot from there. Yeah. Mm. And City struggling to make the extra man count. Um, I've written here and that, that was something that really struck me as quite unbelievable in the last 20, 25 minutes in particular Suts. Uh, we said, I don't think we said at the start of the podcast that if you've got the extra man, you need to make it as wide as possible, keep the ball, make them do all the running and then pick a pick a chance, pick an opportunity. Um, and I know we're we're two two at this point, but that that chance could well come if you just maintain those basics. Well, yeah, we should have been doing that, but unfortunately, it was them. It was the ten men that were doing it. I mean, all through the game, when they had the eleven men, they were hitting those diagonal passes, cross pitch, and stretching us out wide. Um, I likened it to a few seasons ago when we went to Brentford and they tore us apart doing that. Um, but it, it carried on. It was them making the width and, and having a go. And we just seemed absolutely clueless of, 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 of any way of dealing with it or even just controlling the game. Yes. I mean, with 10, you should be getting your foot down. They play these little tippy-tappy training sessions, don't they? Like we, yeah, we yeah. as well, about keeping the ball with a bit. Right? That's what they've got to be doing. Just keep yeah. the ball and make them work and tire them. It's about being brave as well and... and... Coventry were brave, but but you could see they they had a way of playing. Players moved and knew where players were moving to to find that pass. And if if you looked at that, you thought we were the team with ten men with the way that they were playing around us. It was. Well, I think you could say that they were playing with confidence, yep, desire, yep. passion, yep. all of the stuff that we weren't. Yep. And obviously, the, the fans had got their tails up by then as well. And yep. as much as as much as we were trying to get the boys going. It was really, really challenging. We um we stopped. The, the, the quality again at that stage was 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 terrible. We just, couldn't, just string, couldn't string three passes together. Um, <laughs> it was imploding in front of our eyes. Yeah, giving say, the ball away. Matt, you say about in training, um, and yeah, absolutely, it's ping, ping, ping. Great, great control. Looking for the next pass. 
do you think there's a mindset thing there in terms of training? They're a bit more comfortable. They're playing against, you know, their mates. Um, when you go to play against Coventry and it's obviously a completely different atmosphere, you can't replicate the atmosphere that that all just sort of goes out the window a little bit. There's, there's definitely something about our mental fragility without a shadow of a doubt. Um, and like I said, it comes back to that bravery thing. And, and I think Curtis Fleming called it out after the game. Um, I don't I don't get that because you've got players like Masengo who, who isn't afraid to do things in tight areas. Um, you know, you've got players like Martin and Vyman who should be talking the, the youngsters through, Kalas. Um, and we, we've got a lot of experienced players at this level now. Um, so there's definitely there's definitely a fragility there. And maybe the fact that we had 3,000 fans making a lot of vocal noise made them think they're at home <laughs> as opposed to being away. But yeah. Okay. I, I said to my lad about when they came out, if you can't get up for this with 3,000 yeah. City fans up there, you're never, you're never going to. Yeah. 80th minute, Naki Wells comes on for campering. Uh, thoughts on that one, Suts? Too late? Should it have been done earlier? Well, it just seemed yeah, a bit like closing the stable door, isn't it? Really? But like they're controlling it, right? We, we The shut up shop hasn't worked. Um, let's now try to stretch it. But to be honest, I mean, I was looking at Twitter at this stage, as I'm sure a few of you were, and, and the stuff was coming out around like 3-2, plenty of time and stuff like yeah. that. It's like, oh God, not again. Yeah. But you, you could see it coming. You could yeah. see it coming. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we said, we said with our group, um, and funny enough, Adam Gould, who's obviously regular on the show, was stood behind us and um, said to him, this is only going one way. Um, you know, to, to think that it's embarrassing at 2-2. I said, it felt like a defeat at 2-2 at that stage. Um, but both of us said, but we can see this being 3-2 to them. There was only one winner in those last 10 minutes. And that's, again, embarrassing to say that. Mm. Unfortunately, I went from the back row down to row one at 90 minutes because I had some three, two of my flags. Here's my view of what happened in injury time, like yeah. a little bit too close. Yeah. Okay. Eighty-third minute. It's a left-footed shot from Chris Martin. Good power, but it's bending yeah. away all the time. Eighty-fifth um, minute. There was a through ball from Tyreek, but Andy Vyman couldn't get hold of it. Uh, and the eighty-eighth minute. Coventry break, and there's three on two, um, and they they should really be passing that one on to the next guy. Uh, but the but the striker does take a shot gets berated and you think, okay, maybe we're going to, you know, grind out a draw here. But um, straight after that, another let off Coventry pass through the city team pretty much. And there's the winner. Uh, you guys have watched that back this morning. I haven't yet. Matt, do you want to just walk through that goal for us? I think that was what, what the city lads did. Um, <laughs> they just walked and allowed Coventry another ex city player in Liam Kelly, who came on Um Played a little triangle, gets a simple ball back. He's not tracked. Plays a very, I mean, it was a, it was a good ball, but it's it's a, just a, a through ball in behind where Jada Silva's caught. I don't know who the other player was, to be fair. Godden's onto it. Callas kind of goes down in the challenge. And I kind of think if he stays up, does that make it more difficult for Godden? But he finds the corner of the net. And you've got to say that their, their shooting was was pretty accurate from that point. But such a terrible goal to concede again. And as you'd said before, Ampatch, we got caught one-on-one -on, -one on two separate occasions. Zach Viner had a hook one over his head at one point. Jada Silva was left as the only man. 
And it just felt like the bloody Alamo again with 10 men, but they had all of the impetus. But it, it was a shocking, shocking goal to concede. Um, we I've just, just switched I've, off. Yeah. I've watched it about 20 times, I would say now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Callum O'Dowd, as we said, a good game, but yeah. he's coming with the runner through midfield, but he's looking a bit leggy yeah. and he's not close enough. The ball then gets played in and actually you watch it, Masengo lets his man go. Yeah. Right? He lets him go totally gotten and he gets, the sh- and I don't know how he gets the shot away from that angle and finds with all our defenders back there. But it is, I, mean, I know, we know I like Masengo a lot. I think he's mm. terrific, but didn't have his best game yesterday. But if you call it out, it was Masengo, just let him go. He had a free run onto the ball. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, how was uh, how could you sum up the atmosphere, Matt, in the ground at the final whistle? Well, in the ground in the away end. Well, yeah. Um, lots of booze. Um, I didn't because of I mean, I was I was kind of sat in the middle, so I went near the back where a lot of the the noise was necessarily, but I didn't hear the kind of you're not fit to wear the shirt chants that I heard on Tuesday night. Um there were, as I say, lots of booze, some I will never, ever do. Um, what disappointed me was Tyreek walked straight off, yeah. um, as did one or two other, but his was certainly one that I, I noticed. Um, Callum O'Dowda came down um, and applauded very close to, to the fans, and there were one or two others that, that kind of got close, but not you know, not, not, not right up. Um I will also say with Callum O'Dowda earlier on, and I think it was at 2-1, he came, they had a corner and he came down gesticulating to the fans, come on, let's get going, which I was really glad, pleased to see. That showed that he wanted us to, you know, get behind the team. But yeah, it, it was it was a poor atmosphere, but it was an atmosphere of, of resignation, really. I think we, we kind of, the vast majority of us expected it. So it wasn't a great shock that, you know, 3-2, but there was a lot of anger there. Um and I, I do very much think, and I know we'll talk about it, but I do very much think the tide's turning um, on the current regime. I really do. I'm just watching the goal now as, you, as you're talking there. And th- there doesn't seem, that there's the desire from Callas to try and get the block in. Masengo's sort of half 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 attempt. But there's someone, tra- there's someone tracking back to try and cut out the pass. And I can't tell who it is um, on this little screen, but it just doesn't look like enough commitment to try and get the tackle in. So yeah, well, and Fleming, Fleming said that after the game, didn't he? There wasn't enough desire and commitment to keep the ball out of the net. And you know, going back in some of these games over the last two years, we've seen that. We've seen Callas throwing his body on the line in, and and as I say, I mean, he, he did that yesterday in terms of diving in, but it just felt like standing up might have been the right option. But yeah, and and understandably, when fans travel like they do, um, and all right, Coventry is a relatively quick trip for, for a lot of City fans but to travel in those numbers and to see us capitulate like we did um, was just just really really poor and I don't know where we go from here I really don't um, we don't want capitulate to be the the term of the season well, do it, we? but it's, it's I mean the last the last three or four games that's exactly what it's been isn't it because you you'd say in both these two away games the first half performances have been okay um, you know we've not we've not been really really poor um, the second half performances has been as bad as anything I've probably seen, <laughs> in, in all honesty. You know, yeah. let's go back. We got beat 3-1 in that second half by 10 men. Outpassed, outfought, quality completely different. And there's just no excuse for that. And it, you, I mean, you look at the changes made though in that second half. Didn't yeah. help. 
Didn't help. The timing of no. him. Um, yeah, as I said, I was screaming out for a change way before we did it. Yeah. And even then tactical it was wrong. Like Dude. the girls coming on too late. We just we just it just seems completely devoid of idea and tactic. Yeah. yeah. We had another sub to make as well, didn't we? We only made the yeah. two subs, yeah. So yeah. again, it it two two when they're fully on top. Make a sub to break the play up a little bit. Like ba- basic stuff. Make a sub and just make, you know, stop the play. Um I just yeah, I, I know. Yeah, going, back, going back to the fact it was interesting. I don't know if you saw it that Bentley put out the message. Yes, through, through yeah. YouTube about the fans, thanking the fans for going up yeah. and know you work hard for your money and like we, we appreciate it. But then quite a few of the team not not to even acknowledge, you go straight down. I just think it's bang out of order. And you don't get me wrong, you you knew what they were gonna get. There's a there's an element, understandably, in football, not just our fan base, yeah. there's an element that when you lose a game, you will get pelters. But you've got to know that as a player. And in the same way as you are lauded when you win games and they want to carry you shoulder high. So you have to take that, but you've got to be respectful. You've got to come over to your fans. And as I said, I'm sure Tyreek wasn't the only one and absolutely you would have been gutted from, from that, but you still do that. It's not right to do that. No, and the belters went on, they didn't go on. As the players that did come down, there was yeah. appreciation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. From, from, from the core of the fans and yeah. uh, quite rightly so. So yeah, just, just again, I'm sure we'll talk about it, but just something just does not feel right. No. Full okay. stop at the moment. Matt, let's come on to your ratings. Um, obviously, starting with Mr. Bentley. It, do you know, it's, it's again, Pat, it's a bit like the other night, and I, I think I've probably gone too harsh, but I'm looking at it from a game point of view. And again, at halftime, the ratings might be different, but you can't not take the ratings into account that we've lost a game to 10 men, out past, et cetera, all these things I've said. Mm. So for Bentley, I thought Bent's made a couple of good saves. Um Penalty, difficult. The, the two goals that he conceded are, are, are good shots into the corner. But he's conceded three goals. And so I don't expect Dan Bentley to concede three goals. So I've got to go five. Um, and that might be harsh because he's made a couple of good saves. But it's another three goals he's conceded. Um, I also thought his distribution wasn't great. Okay. And there were lots and lots of times where he had the ball because that's what we do. We play it back to him. He's probably, again, the player with the most touches in our team. He had to be playing the ball into that spare man and didn't, was going long too often. So, yeah. George Tanner, it was poor. It was a poor performance from George and I don't want to call a youngster out. Um, I I think I went three to start with and I changed that to four. It's probably a three if I'm honest with you, but I'll go four because he's a young lad and he's finding his feet. But... I shouldn't really, in fact, no, I shouldn't make excuses on that. I've got to go three. It was that bad a performance from him. I really thought it was a poor all round performance. So that's um, your thoughts? Um, I'd have probably gone four because I just don't think he's getting any help from, from the more experienced players around him. Yeah, it's fair. Sure. And, um, and, and the way he was lambasted and his confidence is not the best at the moment. Yeah. I mean, that reaction from whoever it was is just, in my opinion, bang out of order. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, right, prob- you go for, I, you go for? I, yeah, I, I was nodding when you said, and then I went four. So um, that was my initial. All right, let's go. Let's go four then. Yeah, sorry, Matt. No, no, no. I mean, I've wrote down four, and then this morning when I'm thinking about, it, I'm thinking it wasn't great, and I've watched those couple of moments back. But yeah, we'll go four. Could be two come nine o'clock tonight. <laughs> no, no, it's four. <laughs> um, I, again, I'll, I'll, I'll go really. Callas, you know, I'm kind of thinking, did, did he do anything too wrong? Um. But he's a, he's an international player. 
with experience, was our captain last year, and you know, rightly so, it isn't the captain this year. But I've got to go five again because we've conceded three goals, and you know, he's part of that defence that does that. Individually, he probably didn't do much wrong, and maybe it was a six. But I just feel like, again, on the overall overall game, I've gone five. Callas always seems to be the one who is who is putting the shift in, yeah. vis- visibly putting the shift in right up until the end, the the last minute yeah. dive to try and block that tackle um, and leading by example. I think yeah. if we're going to try and take some positives out of it, I think Callas is probably one of them. So that's- yeah. There were two two times yesterday, which I, I don't know exactly what they were, but I'm shouting and going to my, my oldest lad, you're an international player, Callas, you should not be doing that. I can't yeah. remember exactly what they were, but that, I was going, that's not good enough. Yeah, for, for for the level you play at, it, it just looked. But like you said, he he generally does put a shift in for us, and he puts his body on the line. Yeah. So are we going five or six? Yeah. Five. Zach Viner again. I don't. I don't. I don't want to call players out, but that that piece of poor defending um, is what starts that tide in the second half. So it's it's got to be a four. Um, it just wasn't good enough. Campering is, is an interesting one. The, the Evening Post, or sorry, the Bristol Live, gave Campering an eight. Now, the I don't know how it, yeah, the Greenan. I don't know how anybody on the game gets an eight in that performance. I just don't. Um, so I'm, I'm surprised at that. For me, it was a five. Um, I thought. Hang on, some... let's just focus on this eight again for a minute. Yeah. You've got a score and get an assist and be in the winning team probably to get an eight. Well, I don't know. I'd like to understand how that's how that's yeah, been given. I, I agree, and and it was the one, and uh, you know, it's like all of us. We we can all have different opinions on it, but I just didn't see an eight in that. But not that, yesterday. not that widespread. No, not not yeah. for me. I mean, it's it's a Craig Revel Holwood moment in it, bringing it back to Strictly <laughs> as I like to do. <laughs> he sees something that the other three didn't see, and so yeah, yeah, well, that's um, usually they, the other way. Match, yeah, yeah, it's normally the other way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they made him man of the match. Yeah, he was he was an eight for yeah. Which um, did they know. get? Did they well, get? And, and again, for a lot of that game, he played left of the defence that concedes three goals. So yeah. okay. strange one. Yeah. So, so let's go back to our ratings then, Matt. F- five. I've gone full for Pring. Okay. Um, Tyreek again, a lot of good things. Um, out of possession, probably not not as good as he could be and should be for for a player of his size. But I thought is he showed more energy yesterday, and I thought he did a lot of positive things. You've but got to again, say, you've got to say about Ty. He, he's had those two games where where he was an under underperforming and could yeah. equally have been dropped, dropped. and yeah. not even in the squad. But he's come back. He's had two, I think, five or six performances, expected performances, should we say? Yeah. So fair play to him. Yeah, no, completely. Um, and, and I thought, like I said, he did a lot of good things yesterday. Um, again, I still think he goes a little bit too cute at times when there's an easier ball on to retain the possession. And and it's one it's one of these things, it's about, it's about being brave and it's about trying to unlock things. But also, sometimes you just play the simple ball to keep the possession and to build the play. And especially against 10 men, we, we just kept giving the ball away cheaply and allowing them to then start their attacks. So I went five for tie. Um Han Noah, who I love, and I make it very clear about that, poor performance for me for Han Noah. Now, interestingly, I spoke to three friends of mine who, who travelled to the game who made Han Noah our man of the match. Um, I couldn't see that at all. I, I gave Han Noah a four because 
I just thought he he was sloppy in his possession. Yes, he, he does what he normally does and, and is tigerish and, and tries to break things up, but I just didn't think it was a good performance. Okay. Um, Callum was my man of the match. Um, I thought Callum, as I said, a lot of his, his out-to-in runs, it got the penalty. He put a number of good crosses in. Yes, he got tired and yes, he was probably culpable along with a couple of other players for their third goal. Um, but I thought it was a decent um, performance for Callum and, and showed what we've been asking for from Nigel Pearson the last few weeks of getting him in the team. You know, I couldn't understand why he's not featured before this. So I went six for Callum. Um, and actually, I'm, I haven't gone higher because it was a poor performance overall from the team. But when you look at our six is what we expect from a player. And, and I think that's probably right with Callum. I expect him to do what he did and cause problems. So, yeah. Um, Alex Scott, I've gone five. Again, a lot of good things. Probably a bit lucky, as we've said, to stay on the pitch. Um, I didn't think he, he created enough. He was a lot of dead ball <laughs> stuff that he was on, um, but not necessarily... There was some good delivery, not not real quality delivery. Um, and it's another point for me that why do we insist with our dead ball of not mixing it up? Matty James takes everything, and yesterday Alex Scott took everything. And so again, you kind of know what the opposition are going to do. So yeah, so I went five for Alex. Um so I probably would go six and I think he was unlucky to come off. Um, and I know he got that, put that tackle in and got booked, but um, I'm just going to throw that over to Sutch to be the independent adjudicator on that one. Well, going back to how we, you, we've scored Callum, um, you say what we expect of him. Alex Scott did what we expect of him at the end of the day. He delivered but, good balls, he got stuck in. Yeah, it was a reckless challenge, but yeah, he got booked for it, but... He did what we wanted him to do, so I think I'd go six personally. Did, did he though, boys? What 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 balls did he play in other than dead ball? What balls did he play in that gave Vyman or Martin opportunities? Well, I can't give you specific examples. No, no but yeah, but can you recall any? Yeah, well, I, th I think that his delivery is delivery on the from... spot patch on the spot. <laughs> Sorry, absolutely fine. Practice this. Practice this. Yeah, it? no, Just I think. I think is that his deliveries weren't greeted with what they should have been. Um, okay. So I think there was opportunities created, but they weren't on the end of them. Uh, okay. So that's not Alex Scott's fault. Like that chance that I said about in the first half where he puts the ball in, it bounces in the six yard box. You know, that's where the striker should be. It bounces up. Callas can't get his head on it. He put in some great tackling coming back as well as going forward. Yeah. Yes, he shouldn't have got, you know, he, sh he shouldn't have put that tackle in and um, and that's why he came off. If he stays on, I think he could have been the difference in that in that last yeah, you know, sort of, I you know, half I an hour, 40 minutes. But um, I think yeah. it was what we expect of Alex Scott, to be fair. Okay. And and fair play, Anton and uh, Mabusi there. You've both gone for the six to my... <laughs> but we'll go six. Yeah, okay. Um, the next, I mean, Andy Vyman and Chris Martin. Again, I'm a, I'm a bit of a... They've both scored. Chris Martin scores and, and assists, which is what you want your strikers to do. Um, I went initially four for Andy Vyman and five for Chris Martin. I thought Andy Vyman made a lot of runs again that weren't the right type of run. Um, I didn't think we opened and stretched them enough and, and he's part of that. Chris Martin, I thought 
won a lot of headers, but again, we haven't got runners going in behind, so that, that's not necessarily his fault, but why are we playing it that way? So I went four and five. Arguably, it could be two sixes because they both scored and you ex that's what you expect your strikers to do, but I don't think they did enough as an overall performance for two sixes. So I, I, as I say, I went four and a five, Vyman a four, Martin a five, but again, I'll take your boys' views on that. Yeah, um, Martin... Uh, we, we we called for him to have a rest today. Yep. He didn't have a rest. And whether he's been given, you know, an ultimatum of this is your opportunity. If not, we're getting Lewis Britton in out of the um, under 23s. Who knows? But I think he bounced back quite well today, yep. uh, yesterday. Uh, was it a six? Potentially, as you say. It's a difficult one, isn't it? Because he's taken the penalties. He's slotted it home really well. Yep. But, but it was his his assist that got the penalty with a really lovely ball through to Callum. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's got to be a six, I think, for me. I, I was going to go two fives with them because it did get caught offside a lot yesterday mm. where we had promising attacking yeah. opportunities and he was caught offside yeah. when I don't think he should have been. Personally. I think on this occasion, I think Martin should have one more than Vyman. So whatever we're doing... I let's think go, it should be. Let's go I'm going to bow down to both of your superior and the fact that <laughs> but, you're, the permanent, you're the permanent stays on this. So <laughs> I will say in the car as well, I had, I had Lee and Ben um, and Simon in the car with us yesterday as well. And, and the scores we gave were four and five. Um, so we'll, we'll go four and five then. Okay. What do I know? What do I know? Uh, yeah. Curtis Fleming. <laughs> got to be a four. Um <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to go as low as a three, but it's got to be a four because you know you're, you're losing a game to ten men. Um, I think there were some basic coaching elements there. I don't. I don't know if it's the players not listening, the message not getting across, um, but it just wasn't. It wasn't good enough, was it? So yeah, it's got got to be a four. Yeah, I, and and I mean, yeah, the, the substitutions, like you say, um, the fact is post match interview. Uh, I think in, yeah, okay. You're now calling them out then. You're going as close as you can to calling out players, um, which was interesting when it's coming from him. And what annoyed me is he had to be prompted into talking about the fans as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, yeah, I agree. Mm. Well, guys, I've got quite a lot of tweets to read out. Sorry, I'm sorry to everyone. I'm not going to be able to get through all of them, but I'll read out three or four and then I'll get your comments and then I'll read out some more. Um, so first one is Dr. Dean Allen outplayed out fought by 10 men. Can things get any worse for a Bristol city team without direction, leadership and creativity to bring on Wells with 10 minutes left was scandalous. A thoroughly deserved win by Coventry. I've supported him up to now, but is time up for Nigel Pearson? Question mark. Nigel Mitchell game of three penalties foul on O'Dowda not given very poor decision foul on Scott given and scored correct decision against Viner given and scored a very poor decision panic and two more goals then as per script we let in their third on the 92nd minute and lost Northern Tom literally cannot be asked not sure what the future holds just fed up I think that's how a lot of people felt. Um, <laughs> fair play, Tom. Uh, Sky Blue Fans TV were in touch. I was astonished by the lack of effort and pressing in the second half from Bristol City. Coventry did to Bristol, which annoys, which annoys uh, Bristol City, I'm sure he means, what, what they should have done to the Sky Blues with them only having 10 men. Um, Tony Thorpe, 
BCFC threw that one away again. Crazy, but Coventry played well with 10 men, a good team, but I expected us to hold on at least don't get beat. Uh, so, Matt, your thoughts on those first five tweets um, from from those five guys? Yeah, saw Thorpe in the stands, so he was in the away end with us. Um, agree. I, I know what Tom's saying, and I think that's. I'm, I'm. I've listened to a couple of other podcasts this morning. Um, other podcasts are available, not number one, to be fair. <laughs> but you know, um, saying the same thing, and 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 some of the guys on there saying, "Do you know what? I'm not spending another penny on Bristol City. Um, I've had enough." And when you start hearing things like that, that's a real worry. Um, I'll, I, yeah, it's not something I'll ever do. I'm fortunate enough that I can afford to, to go home and away. Um, I'll never do that. But I understand that. I think I disagree with the comment around the penalties. I think all of them were penalties, all three that should have been. Um, so the two that were given and the one that wasn't should have been. Um, and I agree with what Dean says. Um, there is no leadership. I said it at the start of this. I don't think there's leaders on the pitch, off the pitch, and in the boardroom, and, and it needs looking at. I, I genuinely feel that we need to hear from from John or Steve. Um, I really do. Um, I'm sure Richard will, will probably come out and say something, but I, I, I do feel that it's a, a really pivotal moment at the moment because it feels like we are a club floundering um, with, with little direction, little idea of what we want to be, how we want to play. We're not a possession-based team, as Nigel Pearson said in the week. We go direct, but we're not a direct team because we haven't got the players to play that way. Um, so I don't know. So, yeah, so I, I would agree with pretty much all of those tweets. So that's any uh, thoughts from you on what you heard there? Well, I'm feeling even worse than I did yesterday now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, yeah, no, no, you've got to agree with everything. And I, I did, did uh, to, to Nigel also add one saying uh, about a slither of hope. Uh, from the players, well, no, um, I don't think the slither is as big as it used to be at the moment. To be fair, um, I think just everyone is like you say. I'm same, same as you boys. Yeah, we're, we're passionate fans. We're going to go. I had a little bit of a, a rant on one team in Bristol on Facebook last week around just just the the, the real nasty negativity and happening. Yep. Um, we've got to get behind them, but it's really hard at the moment. It's 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 it's, it's challenging to say the least. Isn't that? Yeah. Okay, a couple more tweets then. Bristol Dalboy, gutless, spineless, lack of pride and desire in the shirt and for each other. Work rate second half was shocking. No finger pointing, digger, digging each other out, no pace, no. Uh, it's one dimensional, it's too slow. Build up no confidence on the ball, more hurt in the away end today than on the pitch. Gary Howell to concede three against 10 men, men is shambolic and questions the players' management and the owners. Um, Adam Wyatt, Daniel Farker is on the market. <laughs> Tim, not fussed with City at the moment. The highlights are enough for me, and that's depressing enough. There's loads more. Thanks a, a lot for, for all the engagement. Um, and it just sort of spiralled into about 100 messages after people replying to other people. Clearly a lot of passion um, from the fans. Uh, but, Matt, in terms of the, what happens next, we've got a, an international break which ordinarily I find very annoying, but I think I could do with a two-week rest myself. Um, do you feel the same? I do, and, and luckily for me, um, my friend Laura in Liverpool is her 40th next week, so I get to go out to Liverpool um, and celebrate wow. with her, um, which means I'm not missing a game, which is good. Um, but I think it's coming at a, a, an important time for um, hopefully Nigel getting 
um, back to, to to better health, and probably should have said that at the start. So we, you know, we we, we wish him well. Um, hopefully, it is. You know, we, he he can do that. You do worry when you have sort of long COVID symptoms. Um, you know, again, there's about. Do we know that, I, or is that an assumption? No, it's an assumption in terms okay. of I know I know he's had long COVID because um, he's talked about it himself. Mm. I don't know if that's what's made him ill. Right. I think even possibly Tuesday night, and maybe why he wasn't on the bench Tuesday. Um, but you, you have to look at that, and and if. If that's something that, that potentially could keep reoccurring, then I think again, the the, the board need to have a, a plan of what they're going to do with that, um, because that's something. If if it continues, you know, you don't you don't will not want your manager there. You know, that's so that's something. Um, I do think, as I said, it's it's pivotal. I think the international break is good because hopefully Joe Williams can get some some behind the scenes game time into his legs. And Joe will then be available, and the similarly for Antoine because I think Antoine gives us something different. Um, so I think it's come at the right time for that. Um, from what I, from what I've heard, Joe Williams was quite close to making it yesterday. Um, yeah. So you'd have to hope that he's yeah. ready for the Blackburn. Blackburn, yeah, yeah. And, and similarly Nathan Baker. Um, I mean that that seems to be a far more serious injury than than certainly I thought it, it was the initial look of of the incident. Um, but again, you, you'd hope that both of those big players for us are, are available. The rest might do Rob Atkinson some good as well. So so it probably has come at the right time. More more often for us is when we've been on a decent run and it then interrupts that run and that causes problems. We're not on that, are we? Mm. So. Yeah. Such, so can you take some positives, please, out of the position... Thanks. That we are now. I, I did this to Matt last in the last podcast, and he had he had nothing. But what can you give us? Um, I can I can maybe throw one at you. Um, Hull, Barnsley, and Derby are the bottom three. Hull on twelve points, City on nineteen. So seven points off of the relegation zone, but obviously a slide. But where where do you, where can you take us with that? Well, you've stolen it because that was going to be my positive that we're not in the bottom three. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, that's fair enough. Yeah. Um, no, I think we, we've got to take that. Um, the fact that we've got this break now, I think has come at a great time for us, to be honest. Get some players back. Um, hopefully fit. Um, give, give the fans a bit of respite because it's been a torrid few weeks, I mean, to say the least. Um, and yeah, um, let, let's see what happens as well. I mean, I, I was in the car. I, I, we left and we, we drove back yesterday and I, I listened to Radio Bristol. I put it on like through the speaker on the phone and the phone in and, and there was a lot of calling for um for, for Lansdowne to, to come on and, and have a chat and, and Jeff was saying he certainly will will try and get him on. Um I think we do need to hear a little bit from the top of the moment because like you say it just seemed I think we've heard the term before rudderless ship a little bit at the moment. Yeah. Um but yeah I think this break I'll take that as a positive. Um and the fact yeah we are there are some potentially worse teams than below us. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's a couple of weeks break. We've got uh, Blackburn coming up. We said we've got players coming back from injury. Also, Tommy Conway, I think, is hoping to to be back and available then. And he finished the season up front with with Naki Wells, and effectively should have been, you know, would have been given the shirt under Nigel's uh, under Nigel's words. But um, yeah, a few players coming back from injury. We've got potential for another four or five changes, Matt coming up in the in the next game yeah we have but then, but um, then it's, tw- it's lots of tweaks again isn't it 
exactly that. There's no um, there's no consistency, but I think that's our, our consistency at the moment is our inconsistency. So, you know, you, you are looking for the right the right formula. Um, I, I like such. I listened to, uh, listened back this morning to um, to Jeff's show, um, and, and understandably, Nigel Pearson's position comes into question. Um, unusually, for for a manager with his record, um, and I'd, I'd be interested to look at his record. I'm I'm pretty sure it's going to be very near the bottom of our managers in terms of win ratio. Um, and things like that. I, I think um, his record isn't great, and and there are contributive factors to that. But actually, probably lots of managers have had contributive factors when they've they've been sacked. It's it would cost a lot of money, and I'm and I'm not. Am I advocating sacking him? I, I don't know that I am, but I do think there's something needs to change. I'm not now seeing the progression that I thought I was at the start of the season. Um, I'm seeing players devoid of any confidence, devoid of any pattern of play, ideas on how to do things. Um, we come out and we talk about, or, or, or the coaching staff talk about the players and as such says, you know, around the quality and we've got to work with what we've got. We're not going to go out in January and spend a load of money because the money isn't there. You know, I think that the, the accounts are going to get announced in the next couple of weeks. And I think we're expecting, you know, circa 30, 40 million losses. So the money isn't there. Well, in Steve's um, in Steve's word on on our podcast, they will be horrific. <laughs> well, there you go, and and so you, you don't expect you know lots of signings coming in. Um, I had a conversation with with Nigel Whittle last night on the way home, and and Nigel was sort of saying he he'd go out and would scour the best players in League One um, and look to sign two, three, four of them rather than looking at a a big money marquee signing. But as I said, I don't I don't think we've got the money for that. I look at it and think. Do I think someone else could get more out of this group of players from the current coaching setup? And I genuinely do. I genuinely feel these players are underperforming. And surely that that underperforming, you have to question the, the coaching and the management of that. So I'm surprised that Nigel Pearson still has the support that he's got. And there are lots of people saying, what could he do? He's had to get rid of a load of players. I get all of that. But it feels like we are sleepwalking into league one and we we I, I asked the question on our um whatsapp group after this number of games where were we under dean holden and dean holden had more games before he, he lost his job but we were sitting i think in 12th something like that and maybe only a few points off the playoffs um we're only where we are now because there are and it's always the case but three worst teams derby actually i don't think are a worst team they should be with the turnover of staff they had um, I actually don't think they're a worse team than us. I think their points deduction is is where they are. Mm. Barnsley obviously have made a change. Hull uh, have picked up a point, but you've seen teams like Cardiff make a change. And I kind of wonder is is the style of Nigel Pearson, Mick McCarthy, Neil Warnock has that seen its day? And I'm I'm posing the question. I, I still I'm on the fence with with what I would do. I'm I'm not sure I would be. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, 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 as I say at the start, I'm disillusioned, and and I do genuinely think we can get more out of what we've got. Cool. Okay. Um, Sutz, any final thoughts from you? Well, I just just think it's quite apt, really, that Lansdowne used the the word for the accounts as horrific. It's like being matched on the pitch a little bit as well, isn't it? To be fair, yeah. Uh, um, at times, but no. Um, 
yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a challenging circumstance. Point. I just just wish games now would end at 90 minutes. This is still <laughs> a bit more. Um, I worked out we've, we've dropped eight points and gone out the cup um, yeah. in goals going in injury time. Mm. Okay. Um, I just want to say, I don't know the lad's name, but someone came up to me um, at the Birmingham game and quite heartfelt said, thanks for helping us get through COVID with the podcast and talking through the games, which were, let's face it, towards the end of last season pretty horrific um and i don't know whether we've managed to achieve that today after today's performance because it's it's we've been a little bit beaten um mentally ourselves as fans and it's 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 tough but hopefully we've we've talked it through with you and with Suts and matt and myself um and that you're still able to get some sort of fix from the podcast so so thank you to that to that lad who who came up to me and said that so um yeah i really appreciate and, that and I, I think that's it's, it's really important to say patching it we are really really appreciative of of the, the fans that listen um you know we we did this to help ourselves through it um but it's good to know that it you know, us people listening to us has has that kind of impact, and that's you know that's, that's a few times of late we've had people come up to us and sort of say thank you, and you know we're we're just really appreciative. That well, exactly, and we, and we don't to listen. We don't we don't do it for any gain. It's really just uh, nope. for us to have a longer chat than than exactly. the than the five ten minutes we get sometimes on Sound of the City, <laughs> which we really enjoy yeah. doing, um, and love love Jeff's show. Um, but yeah, it's it's always good to get yeah. that affirmation. I said it last season to you boys, um, and I'll say it again now, it's, it's, it's therapy. It genuinely is therapy for me. So uh, first one, a bit of all this season, but I listen to them all, and it generally is, it, it, it kind of just makes you feel a little bit better after. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you, well, sir. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Please do check us out on Twitter, if you haven't done so already, at 3PIAPC. Get your orders in for the snoods. Um, if you want to contribute towards the charity, obviously, please do that. But if you want a snood as well, just £5 um, more on top of the £5 to the charity. But for now, thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll be back in a couple of weeks' time. Let's take a deep breath, do some box breathing, some headspace, whatever your fix is. And, uh, and yeah, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Take care. Cheers, Sats. Cheers, Max. Thanks, everyone. Cheers, Tom. Thunder